Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen up, San Diego. Stop what you're doing and listen. It's the end of the workday, but Gwen and Chris is just getting started. New year, same Gwen and Chris. Well, you don't need a shrink to tell you that this guy's a raving psycho. With Tony Gwen Jr. When we're talking offense and, and getting... Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Oh, my God, I hate that. Oh, no! All right, uh, that, you me. just put yourself in the promos. Good, MLB good point. Network. You just put me in the promo Sorry. by reminding them. And Chris Ello. I have no, a better suggestion for you. Uh-oh. What? Scraby comes up to you at an oh. event with a microphone. <laughs> Run! Run! <laughs> Gwen and Chris help you get home from work. Now on 97.3 The Fan. Welcome in to Gwen and Chris. 504 on the clock. Tony Gwen Jr., Tom Friend in for Chris Ello. We're also joined by Matt Scravey and Thomas Andrews. How are you guys doing today? You guys good? Two Fabulous. Hour, two hours in, halfway through the show. Yeah. Uh, this Houston Astros story just continues to it, it never ends. <laughs> it won't end for a while. And you know what? Honestly, when you have a scandal that plays out over what's being reported at least two years, um, it's probably something that there are things that are just gonna keep being uncovered as we we go along. And today in the athletic, um Ken Rosenthal and, and Evan Drillich, uh Put together a story, and the the title's Details Emerge About Carlos Beltran's Role in 2017 Astros Clubhouse and Team's Sign-Stealing Scheme. Uh, It's a bunch of guys. I shouldn't say guys. There's a few guys throwing him under the bus, guys who were on the team. Uh, There's also some guys in this same article that say, yes, he might have been the one to start it, but nobody was turning their nose up to this. Because it was working. Because it was working. I think the exact quote is, uh, the hitters love hitting in the system that was created. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to hit when you know what's coming. Yeah, no kidding. It makes the job easier. And there continues. And as why do you free- think people are good at BP when they know a BP fastball is coming? There's a reason the pitcher's why. not trying to get you out. There's a reason the pitcher's why there's not a, trying to get a you. A five o'clock hitter okay. is a guy that hits well in batting practice because you know exactly where it's coming. You know exactly where the pitch is going to be. It's just right. a different. Right. Doesn't mean you you square it up every single time, but the probability goes up. Goes up. Goes up major. Uh, and because spring training is is starting to to is getting ready to start and players are starting to arrive, you can expect that this story's not going to die because uh, die because most times when there's an Astro player or a guy who was on the Astros in 2017 2018, first question he's going to be asked is probably something in regard to the scandal. And Marwin Gonzalez, who has been in Minnesota, this will be his second year, uh, is arrived in spring training, and certainly he had to speak. And here he is. No, he's not ready yet. But uh, in a second, we are going to play him addressing the sign stealing in 2017. Um, I just want um, to tell uh, how I feel. I mean, he was uh, that remorseful for everything that, that, that happened in 2017. 
um, everything that, that, that we did as a group. And then, and like the players that were affected directly by us uh, by doing this and uh, some other things. And then that's what I feel the more, the more regret and that's what uh, I'm remorseful. Listen, I, I, I appreciate the apology, but yep. I can tell you who really, the guys who really don't care about that apology are the guys who he just mentioned were affected directly well, by yeah. this situation. Yeah, like the, the lawsuit that Mike Bolsinger just filed from the yeah. former Blue Jay yeah. who got lit up by him and got his one little cup of coffee in the big leagues and see you later and his career's over. That was what we were talking about from the beginning here. What, how did it affect people like that, the little people? Yeah. You know, and um, so Carlos Beltran, the story talks about how he ran the clubhouse, so to speak, in 2017, right? And that, you know, the, the team sort of, the kid, the, the younger guys were afraid to take him on. And, and mind you, there were a lot, in 17, there were a lot of young guys. Correa was a young guy. Bregman, I believe, was in his first or second year. Um, some of the bigger names that are bigger names now in 17 were some of those young guys and, who, yeah. you know, were benefiting from this, but didn't have the clout to tell somebody like that. And, and it's like that in a big league clubhouse. No, I'm yeah. going to take this to the Padres, but I covered the Padres in the 80s. And Goose Gossage, in a lot of ways, ran the clubhouse. Not, it was Tony Gwynn and there was Steve Garvey and there was Greg Nelson, but, but Gossage created a culture. And it was almost this beer culture in a lot of ways. And there's a story. There's this reliever named Gene Walter. And he, he was this lefty reliever, and he was kind of this skinny young guy. And he went out in the bullpen with his own thermos. Mm. Out in the bullpen with his own thermos. And Goose he's, get, he's getting eaten up. Goose Gossett saw, oh, our water off the water fountain's not good enough for you? And he took this thermos, one of those old school thermoses that was glass, and he whipped this thermos against the wall. And that, he was, it was fear. These young guys feared Goose. And so I'm trying to say that, do you believe that there were young guys who didn't want to take on Carlos Beltran? Like that. I know there were young guys that wanted no part in take, and I, I, that's every young guy. You come into a locker room, and there's not only that. I mean, these guys have watched Carlos Beltran be Carlos Beltran his entire career, so you have that respect coming in. Now you're coming into a locker room where you haven't proven anything, and that's all you want to do as a young guy is just show that you belong. And what better way to do that than impress a guy like Carlos Beltran? So from a young man stand, from a young player standpoint, I totally get that. Like. It's just almost unheard of that a young guy comes up and would have the gumption to say, you know what, I don't want to do this, Carlos. They complained to Brian McC- The story says they complained to Brian McCann, the catcher, uh, and said, you know, hey, this is kind of— Not necessarily young guys. They said that guys complained. To we don't know who Ooh, those guys we who. were. And then, and then McCann brought it, apparently brought it up to Beltran. Beltran just shot it down. He's, right. He's not changing. So— it was uh, a culture from apparently that he led. And now we know why the Mets fired this guy's manager, maybe. Maybe, maybe they knew this. And it also speaks to, you know, they have a, they have a, a quote in here from, from Joe, Joe Musgrove, who so San Diego went uh, to Grossmont. He said, I was in my first year for, uh, <clears throat> along with Alex Bregman and a lot of those guys. And in your first year in the big leagues, you're around guys like Beltran and Brian McCann, some big name. And I'm not going to be the pitcher to walk up and tell him to knock it off. And I promise you, that's how all of those young guys felt. Uh, but I think it speaks – it doesn't really speak to any issue other than the fact that they're still veterans other than Beltran. Right. And obviously, and talk to and obviously Brian McCann was one of those guys because – and, well, he and, was thirty three at the time. He was thirty three, but he had he he had he was seasoned. He was a seasoned vet. Right. And more importantly, clearly those guys 
at least felt like McCann was the guy to go to in order to get to Beltran, get, get to Beltran which meant to me kind of says that maybe McCann wasn't 100% in on going this route. Well, you know, if they felt bad about it, they certainly didn't stop at the next That's year. my next point, though. <laughs> That's my next point. I, th- I find this whole article and these guys speaking on it to be a little rich, right? Because right. it's not as though it stopped in 2018. Right. Right. They might have gotten away from the banging of trash cans, but when you think back to the interview we saw with A.J. Hinch not being able to answer right. the buzzer question, right. Right. Uh, you think about some of those other details it doesn't jive with me. Like, okay, you guys are blaming it all on Beltran and Cora, but you guys still did this they when they a, were long gone. Right. They had a systematic routine here on the road, the video replay room on the road. They would relay it through a phone call or some way to get to people. And at home, they had a way to do it. So it didn't change. So uh, Belt, to throw Beltran under the bus like this, is, I, I think it's kind of wrong. Uh, I mean, if it's true, it's true, but there's other people culpable on this. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And, from, I mean, this thing goes so deep, there's no way people in the front office didn't know about it. It just, it just, it just is too rampant. You had monitors being destroyed. When you got to pay for new monitors, that usually runs up the pole. That doesn't yeah, just, those yeah. monitors just don't show up the next day. <laughs> right. Somebody has to be letting on, oh, those two monitors destroyed. Two different occasions that happened. Right. So clearly, this had gone up the chain at some point. And I just think the more we get into this, the season, I don't think the answers get. Uh, I think the answers we get, we start getting more and more information. One of the one of the quotes that came out is, "No one ever said anything about how how they didn't disagree or that they didn't agree with the system." One team member said they loved hitting with the system. Yeah. So ultimately, listen, when guys get to look up at that scoreboard every time they come to the plate and they see numbers that suffice and make you feel good, you forget about all the other stuff on the side. Yeah. At I mean, least at least these guys did. Anything for an edge. This is a tough it's the hardest thing in the world to hit it. That base says the hardest thing in sports to hit a baseball. Yeah. And if you got if you know what's coming, it becomes obviously said, you know, it's a lot easier. So they're gonna do what they gotta do. Yeah. We'll expect to hear more about this as spring training camps open around uh, a baseball. All right, we gotta step away, pay some bills when we come back. Boston, Red Sox, they have a new manager. And he's got the interim tag, which is crazy because he's getting it at the very beginning of the year. We'll explain when we come back. This is Gwyneth Chris, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. But first, let's take a look at traffic with Sudi. You're still waiting on that Rolling Stone sound. You can keep waiting. <laughs> Haven't played it yet. But those tickets are right around the corner. Oh, and we maybe. Got, and maybe if you're not. ready for these tickets, you got to be ready to call because we had someone in the break call and say, dude, was that the Rolling Stones? No, it wasn't. But they're ready to go. So these are hard tickets to get. Very difficult tickets to get. But keep listening. Uh, we'll hopefully get that in there for you. All right. Uh, the Red Sox have named their new... Interim manager, which is weird because it's the beginning of the season. It would seem like you wouldn't need an interim manager, but apparently <laughs> uh, the Red Sox feel like they do. They have named Ron Renneke, former Brewer manager, uh, to the position. And um, they're saying they've given him the interim tag because they want to be respectful to the investigation that I told you guys earlier would continue into spring training um, that's not completed yet. 
I don't understand that. Maybe you can explain it. Well, how, how about be respectful to your fan base? <laughs> I mean, right. you know, hiring an interim manager at the beginning of the, the beginning season? of the year. <laughs> I mean, uh, this, this is also the same is, team that said they were going to go into spring training without a manager at all. So this, this is a step in the right direction. This is your grandfather's Red Sox right now. Yeah, you know, what I mean, yeah. this is not the Red Sox of uh, Red Sox Nation that was, you know, winning champ- World Series. This is this is the old Red Sox. They're self-destructive before the season even starts. Yeah, Renicky, uh, who managed the Milwaukee Brewers from 2011 to 2015, takes over during a tumultuous period in Red Sox history. Obviously, besides uh, Cora's departure, he faces public backlash for this whole Moogie Betts trade. It seemed like for a second. The uh, the Red Sox fan base might get their wish, and that Mookie Betts would end up in a Red Sox jersey, only to have the Dodgers and Red Sox actually complete the trade. And uh, Renicky takes him; he's, he moves into a tough spot. Yeah, the Red Sox aren't known for fire sales, you know. That's no, they, you know, and so which makes it so. I mean, it. I, I understand it, right? They had been over the the luxury tax. This would have been the third consecutive year, which would have brought them that fifty percent penalty, uh, which would have been a lot of money. I get it, but. It just seems like there was a real hustle to get underneath this to reset yeah. that clock, more so than I can remember the Red Sox ever doing before. Well, the GM, is, the Bloom, has probably taken, the, taken orders from the Oh, no owner, doubt. Obviously, no so doubt. he's taking a bullet for him, uh, and, and that's probably the case. But he doesn't look good, doesn't look good on him right now. No. And um, Renicky, you know, why not have, why just have a player manager or something? Do something. If you're going to have an interim manager like that, just have do something different. I yeah, don't know. It doesn't make sense. Neither did not having a manager for spring training. And they've suggested some really weird things uh, this this offseason. Ron Renneke, he was on the 84 Padres, you know? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, he was on the 84 Padres. He was on that in that – he played some games. I didn't know that. I missed him for about a couple years uh, when he took over as the, the Milwaukee manager. All right, earlier we were talking about this playoff format, man. and um, I like it. I like it. I really do. I, I I'm sorry. Like to see San Diego, you want a pennant race? You can get a pennant race. They'll be in it. They no will doubt be they'll in be it. in it. I I think that's the thing is they could be in it as it's constructed this year. Maybe not. The, I know this the is two division, years off, but but uh, in terms of wild card, they they could very well be in it. Especially in a situation when you're in the same division with the, the Dodgers, who are always going to have a high payroll, always going to be good. Looks with their farm system. Uh, the Diamondbacks, like you mentioned, Tony, they're really, really looking at, like a better team this year. Um, you're in the division with the Giants who aren't going to sit still and, and take it. They're going to get better. So having that extra wild card for a team like San Diego is nice to have. Yeah. I mean, you want to have a little bit of a pennant race. You want to have hope. And so I think it. I think uh, change is good sometimes. Change is good. And, you know, and, and, you know baseballs they have a difficult – our sport has a, the most difficult time with change and, yes. and and accepting it, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Baseball has changed a lot in the last few years, and I understand replay. And, yeah, I understand people's uh, fear that the game is being changed too much. But to me, this doesn't actually affect the actual game itself. This is just the dressing around it, right? This is how to bring more eyes to to the yeah. game. This is how to get more teams that are actually trying. Look, in the, in the National League West, they had three teams that were all under 500. And the American League is where it's probably at its worst. I mean, you have pretty much two teams in each of those three divisions that are above 500. Everybody else is below. And and that's because in the American League, it seems like it's even it behooves you even more. to if you don't think you have a chance to win the beginning season, at the beginning of the season, tank that season immediately. 
And I'm tired of watching that. I, I think fans are tired of watching. And sometimes you may not notice it, right, because you get two bad teams on the same field at the same time. It's not as noticeable. But when they play a, a, a really good team, it is mind-blowing how noticeable it is between the two teams, how they go about them, how they – even to the, to, the, to the small things, like how they run on and off the field. Right. It is completely um, eye-opening to me, and I'm tired of watching it. I would – I welcome a change like this. Now, obviously, there's got to be some the nuances between the, the, the players' union and the actual league have to be worked out. But just on its face, I like the idea. I really if, do. If you hate this rule, you hate pennant races. You know what I'm saying? If you don't like it, you don't like a pennant race. I mean, that's, what, that's the best thing in baseball is a pennant race. I mean, you know, we don't have them around here all the time. Um, so if they can create more for baseball, it creates more eyes, it creates more money, it creates more everything. Anybody who's against it, um, sorry, Trevor Bauer, but I, just, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Trevor's, I, I'm gonna give Trevor the benefit of doubt because hey, the Reds may be in a pennant race. At, don't, they definitely will be in a pennant. They got, a, they got a good team. They got a, they, I mean, I don't know if it's if it's a a division winning team, but they're gonna make some noise this year with the, some of the signings they they've been able to. God, it's frustrating, man. <laughs> I, he, I would give him the benefit of the doubt because, as he said, he clearly didn't give that a whole lot of time to digest. He only came with, with the one the one negative about it, but, which was six days off. Which I get that one. Why didn't he think about it before he, he commented on it? Not only comedy, before he actually had his camera crew put he, him on TV. He also tweeted out that his his boss is Rob Manfred. His boss, virtually the the I mean, commissioner of baseball. He yeah. also tweeted out, "You're a joke." Yeah. So that's not the smartest thing in the world. You know, he he as much as he tries to play the the intellect and you know smartest guy in the room, he likes his clicks too. Don't get it twisted. This guy is. I, I will say, I like the the reality show part of it where they get to pick, but it's a little I, mu- it's a little much. Listen, but you don't really it is, need. It is much. I get to pick who I play. You know, that's demeaning to the team you pick. Oh, you suck. Yeah, you I'm going to pick you. You know what that does? And, and that fires everybody exactly. up. Exactly. So there you is get a, a better series, maybe. I'm not sure that's good it. for you to be picking your opponent. Careful what you wish for. Listen. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I, I, I like the idea. It, 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 it will, from our perspective, it gives us something to talk about. So, you know, <laughs> at, it's no different than, like, the All-Star game, right? Now the players get to pick. To, at first I was like, why do you got to put that on TV? Why do you want to embarrass the last guy I pick? But it actually makes for good TV. It makes for good TV. It gives us something to talk about. From that standpoint, it's great. I just think baseball needs an injection of, of something like this. It really does. I'm also an injection a, of Joe Embiid, huh? <laughs> a little bit. Little bit. I, I'm also a little tired, and I know this has always been the, the case, but I'm also a little tired of pitchers that are only coming to the defense of things because of their position. Like he, His arguments were that there would be too much rest for dude, a pitcher. Dude, there's a, there's a word for that. P.O., man. P.O.s. Pitchers, they 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 Pitcher only, that's P.O. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't know if that meant like a swear word. Pitcher only. It's a high school term. Yeah, high school term. Yeah, you know, pitchers, that's always. I'm just kind of annoyed by it. That's just how they operate. I mean, it doesn't only affect you. The world usually revolves around the starting pitcher, right? They get to pick the uniform. You're only as good as your pitching. They get to show up like at a 7 o'clock game. If they want, they show up at like 4. 
four. Can't talk to them before they pitch. Don't talk to the pitchers. Don't now. talk to them during no hitter. Don't talk to them before the game. Don't talk to them until they have time to it cool. It kind of goes Let with the take territory. a shower first. Right. It kind of goes with it's the, the pitchers' world, baby. What wusses? Come on, pitchers. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Anyway, I didn't say that. Tom said it. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. They're not wusses. I was not saying that. We're we're gonna step <laughs> away. No, no, Thomas. Tom. Thomas. Oh, okay. Good, because I didn't say that. We're gonna step away. Face some bills. When we come back, we got a countdown for you, and it's a doozy one. Doozy of one. Philip Rivers is involved in it. We'll explain when we come back. Gwen and Chris, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3, the fan. I saw all those phone lines light up as that commercial of the Rolling Stones played. (laughs) However, that is not what you're listening for. You're listening for a Rolling Stones clip. In show. In show. Not during commercial break. So that's what you're calling for. Yeah. It's not time yet. Not time. Uh, Scott, hang on the line, man. I got to get to traffic here with Sudi first. This report brought to you by Mozzie Heating, Air, and Solar. We've got a traffic alert in effect with lanes blocked with an accident south 67 north of Minadoro Road. Our traffic just completely at a halt. Southbound as you approach Mount Woodson, northbound from Scripps Poway Parkway. The suggesting Wildcat Canyon is an alternate. Eastbound Poway Road also jammed, crawling back to the 67 from Espola. And a crash east 52 at Santo now on the shoulder, but that traffic bumper to bumper from the 805. Get your heater ready for the winter with the experts at Mozzie Heating, Air, and Solar. Save on repairs, maintenance, and new installations. Three generations strong with one mission, providing quality service for their customers. Visit them at mauzy.com. See you to with Gwen and Chris. 973 the fan. All right. Uh Scott wants to get his take off on this uh, expansion of the playoffs in Major League Baseball. Scott, thanks for calling in, man. What's on your mind? Hey, uh appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. Um I think it's too many teams. It's like the NBA, only about half the leagues eliminate. 14 too many teams. And it, and I think it negates some of the um, some of the regular season games. I mean, part of baseball is grinding out 162 games, and that is part of the game. And, and so I'm fine with 12. I love the idea overall, but 14 is too many. So two more is too many. All right, Scott, I, I hear you. You're not the only one who feels like that. A lot of people, thanks for the phone call. A lot of people feel like 14 is too many, and that's the argument I hear as well, is that too much like the NBA, where almost half the teams get in the league or get into the playoffs. And well, then there was four teams were too many in the college football playoff, and 64 teams were too many in college basketball. That, those arguments wait, 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 have no. been made over time. No. They have. You're not feeling that, though. No. You're not feeling that. I, I will say there has there there has been no – the reason why big markets thrive in a, a, a season like 162 games is because they have the means, Right. For instance, the Yankees can go out and sign a guy like Jacoby Ellsbury for seven years, $154 million, and get literally nothing in return. And does it matter? No, because their depth, they have the means to be, at least if you opened it up a little bit, some of those teams that don't have the resources can still have a shot at getting yeah. to the big dance. This might be the only way Mike Trout can get to the postseason. Maybe I mean, if he can't get to the postseason this year, there is no hope. Yeah, I don't think. I'm just saying, you know, um, it gets maybe gets more players on the big stage too. You know? It's 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 to me, a guy shouldn't be penalized for wanting to stay in one place for his entire career 
especially a guy like Mike Trout. This dude is the best player in baseball by everybody's account, and we've only seen him in the playoffs once. Yep, that's that's not that's not good. That's not good. All right, um, we got a countdown. Uh, Why don't we get to it right now? Gwen and Chris like to rank things, not college rankings, not athlete rankings. So what's your point? But their own rankings. And these rankings can be very serious. Top five ways that we like potatoes. Top five pizzas. Top five ways to beat the heat. I like where this is going. Giggity, giggity, giggity. The countdown starts now on 97.3 The Fan. The countdown today is Philip Rivers' top five San Diego moments. Important that we emphasize that. Were there any L.A. moments? That's a good point. I don't think think they were, so maybe it's not all that important that we emphasize it. All right, uh, I'll go first. But before I do that, though, the countdown is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change Centers in San Diego. All right, number five for me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Number five. Uh, Probably would not be in my top five if it wasn't for this specific reason. And I don't know if you guys remember, it was the trash talking to Jay Cutler on Monday Night Football. This is when Cutler was with the Denver Broncos, 2007. Uh... Monday Night Football did a good good job of getting the actual sound bites. He was going in on Jay Cutler. And it was uh, really something that was par for the course. Us in San Diego already knew Phillip got down like this. But I think it was like the first time nationally people started picking up that Phillip was uh, a little bit of a trash talker. Yeah. That's when I got on his yeah. bandwagon for yeah. sure. Yeah. My fifth one? Well, I want to give a little background first what people know about Phillip Rivers and why He's different. He came to the Chargers as a rookie. After his rookie year, he went to SeaWorld one day, and no one recognized him. Literally, no one recognized him. Okay, so this guy came a long way. Uh, this is a kid when he was a little boy growing up in uh, Athens, Alabama. He once, he, His father was a high school coach. He ran on the field during measurements and would signal, first down. This is the kind of kid this guy is. <laughs> that so, doesn't surprise me you know, one so bit. You've got to know where this guy came from. You know, his goal in life was to be a quarterback and a drum major at the same time. I mean, this is a, this, this kid's background's amazing. His love for football. So my fifth overall, we'll start with the fifth overall, is the Sheelai game. The first game that Eli Manning comes back to San Diego and you finally see the guy they traded Eli for, Phillip Rivers, go against Eli. And, the, and that was the game when Phillip lit him up. 
21-28. They won 37-14. Eli got booed every time he touched the ball. That was a game when Phillips stepped up for San Diego and won that game. And they had the giant cutout head of Eli Manning and yeah. dressed him as the female and the opposite end of the end That was an 09? That was uh, 13, 2013. 13. Well, I'm going to go back even further for my number four. Thanks. Number four. And this also involves Eli Manning. And uh, it's funny. Kevin Acey was involved in this in, in, because he wrote an article uh, that said it had in the article, please remember that Eli Manning did us wrong. Not showing him you remember and are still mad would also be wrong. And San Diego, when the Chargers traveled to New York to right. face the Giants in right. 2009, Rivers made sure to get one over for his city. That's us here in San Diego. Uh, San Diego was down six, less than 30 seconds on the clock. Rivers connected with Vincent Jackson for an 18-yard winning right. touchdown. Right. And that was very joyful for us here in San Diego. That's why it's number four on my Yeah, he's 3-0 and against the Giants. Philip was 3-0 and Oh, don't think he didn't take against Eli. He didn't take on that yeah. personally for us out here. My number four, this isn't easy to do. He has his career high yardage, 503 yards at Lambeau Field. How do you do that? On the road at Lambeau Field, he throws for 500 yards. That's, that's his greatest performance as a passer. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's my number four. Three. Number three for me. Uh, 13 years without a playoff victory is quite a drought, and uh, Phillips helped in that. In 2007, the wild card game against the Tennessee Titans, uh, which was a very physical team. Rivers was efficient, 19 of 30 with 292 yards, one touchdown. This was the at the at the time. This was his first playoff victory and would not be his last uh, that year. They would win the next round, and fortunately, they would lose the, in that AFC championship game. But uh, this was a big win because Chargers hadn't had a victory in, in quite some time. I think 94 was the, the previous one that they got in at Pittsburgh. Hmm, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a one three, right? It's three? Yeah, number three. three. All right, number three. This isn't a performance. This is an outfit. <laughs> this is on he my wore, list, too. He wore a bolo tie to an interview. Who wears a bolo tie? Nobody. From, he, was from the first. he was the first I saw. I mean, what would happen if, if a player walked in the clubhouse with a bolo tie in the big leagues? Well, but prior to no, Phillip the big wearing, leagues, baseball. I'm saying prior to Phillip, <laughs> they would have been roasted the whole time. After Phillip, it was cool. kind of cool. He made it cool. Yeah. Okay, he made it cool. He, not only did he have a bullet tie, he had rattleskin boots. Let's <laughs> add that in there. So that's when you knew Phillip Rivers was an individual that you could follow. Him, I guess. He said one of his greatest gifts he got from playing in the league was Terry Bradshaw gave him a pair of uh, a customizable like snakeskin boots. He said it was the greatest gift that he'd ever gotten. From... All right. Number two. Doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, but bolo ties is, is number two on my list. Okay. Um, when he wrote, he rocked them for like six or seven straight weeks. It might, it felt like the whole season he was rocking. It was them. like his playoff strategy. Yeah, that yeah. And his mustache. He had the mustache, and you know, it's not my style, but I appreciated his. I wonder if he got an endorsement deal out of that. Any bolo tie deals? Can you I don't know if do? they would really want. To, he he doesn't ever go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Other than the press conferences, but that bolo tie, I liked it because it fit him. 
it, you could tell that that was he wasn't doing like that was him like he was cool he was comfortable in it and nobody else was doing it either at the time. How, how can you go anywhere when you got nine kids you can't I mean, go anywhere. You know, I, mean, I have four, and I barely go. You places. know, most people go for a start in five. He's going for a start in eleven. He has backups. Yeah, yeah. on a basketball team. Yeah. yeah. All right. My turn. Number two. My number two is the trash talk game with Jay Cutler. I had it high up in my list because that game created an image of Philip Rivers that no one really knew. I mean, they knew he was intense, but when he did that, that was the narrative that Philip Rivers was a hothead, that he was. Uh, he got ripped for that. He got ripped for it. I mean, Cutler was a son of a gun. You know, I don't know. He wasn't a very popular guy in the NFL. And Philip, he was going off on him. He was crushing it. And uh, you know, and, and the linebacker. You know, linebackers usually do that kind of stuff. But if it was the quarterback. The fact that Philip Rivers was going there and just just saying every other word you could think of, uh, that that created a persona that that hung with him for a while. Yeah, it did. I, I just remember. Not only was he getting under the skin of of, uh, of Jay Cutler, he was getting under Champ Bailey's skin that day, oh, too. Yeah. Champ, Champ like was that. not a fan of his at first. He but he hated him. He did. But he, he over time, playing against him, he learned to, to kind of appreciate. Not exactly holiday cheer in the air down there. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Grinch is down here. Cutler failing to convert on fourth down. And look at Philip Rivers starts jawing with him. You can see Philip in the distance. Here you get a closer look with Matt Wilhelm, the linebacker, waving by. By a couple guys actually pointing and talking a lot of a lot of talking between both sides all night. But this was yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was classic. That was classic. Uh, number one, Did you already number one, number one on my list is when there was at this point. Once I saw this, there was nothing you could say that was going to put Philip Rivers. I know where you're going on my side on, on a bad side. He showed so much, so many, so much gut. In this particular performance, 2007 AFC Championship game against New England, an undefeated New England team. Philip played with a partially torn ACL. Watched him do this the previous week against the Colts, lead them back to a, a victory in that game on that leg. And he still showed up the following week. Honestly, it, it was tough as a Charger fan watching him lose that game, but the mere fact that he was out there. There was just no wrong that Philip Rivers could do for the rest of his career, and he he didn't do any wrong for the rest of his career, in my mind, after that performance. Willing to get out there on a partially torn ACL. That's not like uh that's not like a broken <laughs> finger or, that's an ace your whole balance is in is is dependent on your ACL. And he was out there throwing a football, one of the toughest sports. The most it, it is the toughest sport. You know, that's my number one also. And I got to say, we talked about the persona he had after the Cutler deal, the narrative that he was a hothead. It changed. It changed, In yeah. one day. When he played that game on a torn ACL, which is unheard of, unheard of, man, against New England, uh, that created that created Philip Rivers. That's like Ronnie Lott cutting off his finger to play. It, 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 it rivals yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It rivals yeah. that. And so that's number one. And I got to say, this, this guy uh, – you know, he went through a lot in San Diego because when he replaced Breeze, you know, Marty Schottenheimer didn't want him. It was a bit, That's what caused the rift with A.J. Smith was when the whole thing with Breeze and Rivers and, and, when, and when they ended up getting rid of Breeze and choosing Rivers, Marty gets, goes, well, I guess we're going to have to run the ball more. And that was an insult because Phillip Rivers could handle this. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he, he's the greatest Chargers quarterback. You know, Dan, Dan Fouts, with all due respect, amazing career, amazing Hall of Fame career, but his numbers don't measure up to Phillip. Phillip's number six overall, right? Yeah. Is Dan Fouts higher than him? Maybe I have it wrong. Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. You know, so, you know, 
He's got to go down as the greatest Chargers quarterback. I will say, in, in Marty's defense, he did have LT in that backfield. It wasn't like he yeah, was handed it did. off to this scrub back there. And you know what? And, and also, saying this, too, about Phillip Rivers, going back, the biggest blunder they ever made was drafting him. They had Drew Brees. If you had just drafted Larry Fitzgerald with that pick, oh. you would have had LT and Larry Fitzgerald. Talk about triplets. Like Dallas had, oh, you would have had LT, let's Larry not, Fitzgerald, let's not and Drew go Brees. Down. Let's not go down this. Okay, I'm, this, just, I'm this. done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. My heart just like went into palpitations right there. What, when you did that. what a great career! My <laughs> all right, that's our uh, countdown right there. That's all for the countdown on 97.3 The Fan. Oh, finally we play a close to something. <laughs> Thank you to Joshua from Ramona for winning those Rolling Stones tickets. He said he had been waiting all day long for that. I so. got to say, we got a, uh, we, we were a little slow getting to the music, but they hung on. They got it there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, honestly, as soon as it went, as soon as the song played, like the lines like, blew up. So good ears out there. Yeah, we still got um, – let me do some quick math. Six more chances to win between Ben and Woods and uh, Gwen and Chris because we each have one pair to give away for the rest of the week. All or right. Three pairs, but one pair a day. Uh, in some major league, got a few minutes before we go to break. Um, in major league baseball news, uh, Rockies GM. Remember, the Arenado thing has really not been settled, right? There right. were some uh, kind of some war words going. They right. seeming were trying to trade him, then they weren't trying to trade him. Arenado didn't necessarily have a problem with his name being mentioned in trade discussions. There was some backstory going on there that we don't know much about. Today, the GM for the Rockies had an uh, an opportunity to uh, address those, uh, Jeff Brittich, and he uh, had no uh, no comment for it, uh, which usually only spurs more questions the following day. Well, now, now, now let's talk about Fernando Tatis going to center field, and you have Nolan Arenado at third base and moving Manny to short. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, maybe he's on the training block. Maybe the Padres go after Nolan Arenado. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, With AJ, anything's possible. How about uh, Theo uh, coming out, Theo Epstein coming out and acknowledging that there were some differences between him and Joe Madden? Uh, I find that interesting. Not surprising. I mean, not surprising. Why would the guy leave? Right. I say he don't just pick up and leave a, a pretty good organization with a lot of talent. To go to the Angels at the time, you didn't know what they were going to have. So clearly, there must have been some differences there. Egos there. It's not good. No, not at all. Too much. Uh, Some scores. NBA scores around the league. 79-77. Sixers ahead of the Clippers as they end the third quarter. Excuse me, 81-77. You're Washington. How they doing? They're up. 14 on Chris Ello's Chicago Bulls right now. <laughs> Rui Hachimura, you watch out for that guy. He just he signed a, a nice little shoe deal I he saw. really good. He's of course, be really I, good. I'm all over the shoe deals. Yes, you I, are. I like shoes. Um, Portland Trail Blazers taking it to the New Orleans Pelicans, 47-36. And the Spurs ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder, 34-26. Uh, did you guys hear about the ex-Blue Jays pitcher who's suing the Astros. Yeah, we talked we, about uh, Okay, he, was I outside when this happened? He might have Darn. Been okay, never mind. What, what were you going to say? That he's suing them? Yes. We didn't really get into details. You didn't get into the details. The details, yeah. Yeah, well, the details is, uh, his name is Mike Bolsinger, and he used to play for the uh, Blue Jays, and he is he's accusing... He's with the Dodgers for a couple years and then moved on to the Blue Jays. But yeah, during the time that this happened, he was on the Blue Jays. Right. He is accusing the Astros of unfair business practices, negligence, and intentional... In- 
interference with contractual and economic relations, which is such a lawyer speak right there. He's suing the team for $31 million in bonuses from its 2017 World Series title and wants the money to go to Los Angeles Charities. So that's good. At least oh, that he's okay. putting it towards that. But he also suggests uh, he wants to create a fund to provide financial assistance to retired players. He said there's a message to be sent to, to youth out there, especially athletes, more specifically baseball players. It was awesome to grow up and watch the game played the right way. We've kind of drifted from that. It's something you can really express to these kids. You don't have to cheat to get to where you want to go. On the the start or the, the actual incident that is in question, August 4th, 2017, he said he gave up or he gave up four runs, four hits and three walks in one third of an inning as a Blue Jays reliever at Minute Maid Park. Uh, in, in talking about that outing, he said, I don't know if I've ever had a worse outing in my professional career. I remember saying it was like they knew what I was throwing. They're laying <laughs> off pitches. They weren't laying off before. It's like they knew what was coming. That was the thought in my head. I felt like I didn't have a chance. So he is suing because he's thinking that his career ended because the Astros were cheating. Listen, man, Anthony, Tony, you, you can answer this. I mean, you get to the big leagues, you make the show. It is the most precious thing in your life. You want to be there forever as long as you can. The correct? saying goes, my dad used to say this, and this was from very early age. It's, it's a lot easier to get there than it is to stay. That's right. And this speaks to that part right there, trying to stay. Right. And, you know, there's a story. I, I, I'm gonna, I hope he's out. He might be out there listening. But there's a friend of mine, Brian Mazzone, who he, he, he coached uh, NCS Little League when my son was in the NCS Little League. I, and, oh, hold I on. know who this is. Okay, so Brian, Brian was a pitcher at an SDA, went to SDA, and, he, and he, uh, his story is that he was in the Phillies organization. He's waiting to get – he's never been to the big leagues. He finally gets his chance. He's going to start because Randy Wolf's got injured. He's going to take his turn to rotation. Philly, then, huh? For Philly. He gets it. He's going to start. His first big league appearance, rain out. Never gets back again. Okay, this is, this is precious. You don't take away. You don't take away this from people. Yeah. And Bolsinger, whether he's right or wrong, whether they knew what was coming or not, just the thought that it might have happened is painful. This is, I get it. This is why I'm sensitive to Mike Fires because although he, he he definitely broke one of the the codes in the locker room is what goes in the locker room stays in the locker room, he also had to deal with the fact that he was in a locker room on another team in the division where he's seeing guys go out, get pummeled in some cases, get sent down, get released. That's on his conscience. Yeah. And if 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 you have one, eventually that it eats away to the point where you feel like I need to say something. I have to say something. Right. Because that very experience you have, that might have been that guy's one opportunity. It was. And he had four other scouts maybe in the stands that day. He goes out to pitch against the Astros and and maybe they don't look at him as very the same from that point on. He right. never gets another right. shot. And that's why, and that was the fear we talked about when this yeah, whole thing broke. Is that are, the, the lives that it affected. It's not just your little jollies that win in the World Series. You know what I mean? No, it's not. And his uh, body strewn everywhere. These were the, exactly. These are the the unintended consequences yeah. of a decision like that. That the people who are in it don't necessarily see at the time right. until they're removed out of it. Uh, it's funny because the defense counted how many times he said he, he how many times the, the trash can was banged it came uh, 54 on august 4th according to the lawsuit there were bangs on 12 of the 29 pitches so th- that's how deep they're going into it 
Indeed. Uh, before we get out, I got to remind you guys the countdown is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change Centers with 29 locations to serve you. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for the location nearest you. All right. Happy hour right around the corner. Gino Ariana is not handling losing very well <laughs> these days. We'll talk about that a little bit. Plus, we got a back page. Who doesn't want a back page? Gwen and Chris, San Diego's number one sports station. 97.3, the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.